This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan, and we're about to talk with one of our favorites, the former Cowboy lineman. Yes, on the line is Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com looking for a car go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified buy a car get it delivered you can also hear brian with jason lock and fora on baldy's breakdowns with new episodes out every week just search baldy on the odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast good afternoon brian how the heck are you i'm doing fantastic right i'm on. uh here at la nice sunny day getting ready for championship sunday just you know talking some football i mean it's a good time of the year yes sir so so what exactly are you doing in L.A.? Talk, talking football with Odyssey or what's going down out there? No, the NFL Network. I'm just out here at the network right now and getting ready to do a two-hour total access. Just kind of okay. you know, basically talking about the four teams still standing yes, sir. and uh, some of the matchups that we're all getting forward, you know, just getting ready to watch this, this Sunday. Well, we, we love seeing you on there. Of course, we love getting you on here. And, you know, I guess for the Cowboys, uh, it, it's it's another so close and, and so far away type of feeling. What's missing from from this team to get it done? Were they just unlucky again? Well, I don't think you know they're not unlucky. They, you know, they, they they played against a really good football team that really doesn't have a weakness. And so I thought Dallas defensively played great. Um, you know, they give up one two yard touchdown the entire day. Um, they really kind of contained a red-hot quarterback and a lot of weapons. I mean, they, they played well. Offensively, you know, they just didn't make enough. They didn't make enough plays. Now, San Francisco did a lot in that game defensively that are difficult to be, defeat. They've got good players at every position. Um, you know, they've won 12 games in a row for a reason. So, they, I, I don't think they're unlucky. Uh, they just didn't make enough plays. And then, you know, the interceptions were costly. The interceptions led to two field goals. And you can say, okay, you got to play perfect, but it's hard to be aggressive and be perfect. But, you know, the throw to the outside picked off by Lenore to Gallup there, you know, is a throw that Dak made against Washington for pick six. Like he has made that throw late in the progression outside, and it almost looks like he makes the throw without really looking at the coverage. It's almost like a reaction throw when they take CD and Schultz away and he's coming late in the progression that's when he tends to make some of these mistakes, and it was a costly mistake. Is it fair to say for Dak that, you know, he's around 30, he's in his prime. If you are going to get it done and be able to execute against that level of team in the playoffs, he's going to need better protection and better weapons? Or, or how would you uh, – yeah. yeah. I think so. I mean, I think, I, I think that's well said. Like, it's, it's clear that he can't – and I don't mean this in a negative way because I don't know how many guys can do this. But he, he needs more help around him to be more successful. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, CD is a really good player. You want him on your team. You want to be throwing the football to him. I don't know that he's a real number one. Just from the standpoint, I know they move him around like he's number one, but sometimes you just need that horse, you know, 
there's just a difference between a number one and kind of a faux number one. Uh, they need they need another guy on the outside that can really win, whether it's man, whether it's zone. It's just a, he just got more dog in him than some of the guys they have, and that's just you know San Francisco has that. Uh, Cincinnati certainly has that. Uh, Philadelphia and AJ Brown has that, and Devontae in too far away. So if you look at the teams that are standing, they got those dogs on the outside. Now Michael Irvin was that guy, and you know Dez was that. I mean they've had those guys in Dallas. They know what they look like. I don't know that they have that guy. Baldy, we're going to miss your breakdowns from our unicorn that is Micah Parsons. I know he's going to miss him too. What did you think about his game against San Francisco, and how did you see him evolve throughout the course of the season? Well, they asked him to do a lot on Sunday. I mean, you know, George Kittle is the best blocking tight end in the league, and he slapped George to the ground. He couldn't block him in the run game. He slapped him to the ground in the pass game. He, he humped Mike McGlinchey at 315 pounds to the ground like it was Reggie White out there. Um, he chased the quarterback from sideline to sideline and forced him into, you know, incompletions. You know, the first sack of the day by Odigazua. I mean, you know, Micah just reads the play instinctively, jumps right in the passing lane on a bubble to Debo, and really Purdy had nowhere to go with the ball, and he took the sack. I mean, he just changes the game in so many different ways. It's just He's just an unusual player. Uh, scouts, um, their job is to study the movement of players. And his movement is unlike anybody else's. And a lot of it is just just natural instincts for the game. And when his instincts just take over, he's rarely wrong. And physically, he's as dominant as anybody in the business. Now, you can say, okay, well, he went up against Trent Williams. He didn't beat him. Well, he didn't. Nobody really beats Trent. But you, it's not like the play's over. You can still, you know, force a sack because you're in the passing lane. You can still get off the block and go chase Proc Purdy to the sideline and force an incompletion. I mean, there's a lot of ways to influence the game. And then he's, you know, he's, he's covering backs. McCaffrey out of the backfield. He's running to the middle of the Tampa two, and he's taking away, uh, you know, Debo in the middle of the field and forcing a check down. Like he just influences the game in a ways that really nobody else can. Baldy, how big of a loss is it going to be uh, for the Cowboys defensively? If Quinn gets a head coaching job and, and what would you, what would you pivot to if you were the Cowboys and replacing him? Well, I've always said this from really my days of playing with Tom Landry when every year he was losing assistant coaches. I've always said it's harder to replace good assistant coaches than it is good players. Dan Quinn has been – he's been great. They played a great defensive game against a really good offense um, on Sunday. I, I think it would be huge. I, I mean, I don't think San Francisco is where they're at right now, as good as they are defensively without D'Amico Ryans. I don't think the Cowboys are nearly as good defensively without Dan Quinn running it. Now, they have got great team speed, and the speed showed up. Donovan Wilson, Layton, I mean, those guys can flat out run and chase. But I thought he did a great job of covering up a weakness for a long part of the season at the left corner position when they had injuries there. I thought he did a good job of masking that a little bit. Um, you know, his, his ability to play with, you know, rookies like he did this year with, you know, whether it was Deron Bland or whoever, like be able to integrate those guys into the system. I think it would be huge if they lose Dan Quinn. Baldy, uh, and I'm going to circle back about with Dak. And I know after the game, Jimmy Ward said Dak struggles against zone coverages. In your studies, is it something that you've noticed yourself? Is he just making a statement? Or is this something that, you know, throughout it's like, yeah, he, he's right. When a team plays zone coverages, it's a little bit more difficult for him to have to read the coverage. 
Well, I mean, look, Jimmy's talking from, you know, that play that he made where Fred Warner intercepted it and then took points off the board of the Cowboys and got the ball back to the 49ers. So he was in zone coverage. Right. And it was pretty clear that Dak didn't see him. Either that or he thought he could fit the ball in, and he couldn't. And the ball got tipped and it got intercepted. Um, look, their zone, there's not many teams that play zone like San Francisco. They disguise a lot, uh, but they're basically a zone team. They, but, you, you know, you still have inside linebackers like Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. I mean, they're just different animals. Their speed that they play with, the intensity they play with play-to-play, um, their ability to break on a ball. And you can add Aziz Al-Jalari in there, uh, Al-Shahir as well. I mean, those guys, their speed is as fast as anybody. And then if you add Fafanga down there or Jimmy Ward, like that's those windows close fast. And you could say, okay, well, Dak, you know, he's better against man. Well, okay, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe he, he, if guys separate quickly, and I, I have questions about some of the receivers they have, if they can do that. But um, you, you can throw the ball with a little easier anticipation if you're going up against man coverage than you are against zone, and all of a sudden, you know, you, you pull the trigger, and there's Jimmy Ward breaking on the ball, and you're like, oh, man, what what I just do here? Like, you know, it's, they play zone a little bit different than a lot of teams. That's why they're the number one defense in football. It's Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger here with you on 105.3 The Fan. Over the last four years, nobody has more per-down production than Dak and, and his defenders. You know, there's a big debate raging nationally and, and locally here. But but what do you say when they mention the stats with Dak Prescott? Because, boy, they do accumulate those well in, in the regular season. Yeah, they do. They score a lot of points against bad teams. And I'm not downgrading the stat. I mean, the stat's the stat. But, I mean, you can make stats do whatever you want. The only stat, really, that's important to a Cowboy quarterback is how you play in the postseason. Fair or unfair, you're going to be measured against Roger and Troy all the time. And so Tony Romo is a really good quarterback. He didn't win a lot of games in the postseason. And that's where Dak is at right now. And so until you can get through that hurdle, and Peyton Manning had to get through that hurdle for the first few years of his career, until you break through that barrier, people that support Dak are going to throw those kind of stats at you. But either you have big game genes or you don't. Some guys, they just raise their level in the postseason. Troy did. Troy was a better postseason quarterback than he was a regular season quarterback. Um, guys have done that, you know, throughout their careers. And that's where Dak is at right now. He's going to win a lot of games. He's going to look really good like he did, you know, the week before against Tampa with no pass rush and a zone team that, you know, really wasn't very good and broke down. And he can look all world. And he can put up great numbers. And then you go up against – because this is what happens in any playoff year. The further you go in the playoffs – the better the defense is. I saw it in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb. Won a lot of games, put up a lot of stats. He'd get far into the playoffs, and all of a sudden his production fell off because the other team was much was better than what he had seen. And, and that's what happened to Dak on Sunday. He saw a defense that they hadn't seen. Philadelphia times can be that good. Um, so that was a good test. But really, San Francisco doesn't have a weakness in any position. They're fully healthy. And so that's what he saw. That's what he's going to be up against every year in the postseason. So you either get better around Dak or somehow Dak elevates his game in these big games. But you can't consider moving on from him, right? Like his contract's up in two years. You, you got to like build better around him. You, you don't, you don't think about moving on and finding a different quarterback. Would you? I wouldn't right now. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to be in the postseason probably next year. Uh, you know, you got to play better in these divisional round than you do in the wild card round. And this round, this, you know, championship round is another level. Each week, when you play these teams, like you're going to raise your level. We 
We said that about Kirk Cousins. He wins a lot of games, puts up a lot of stats, doesn't win big games. Um, it's just, I mean, there's, you have to make that. That's an organizational decision if you think that guy can do it. Um, Baltimore is faced with that decision with Lamar Jackson right now, whether to give him a guaranteed contract, knowing what he's done in the postseason so far, and with an injury history. So it is, it is a factor. It is a, it is a conversation that should, have, should take place. Um, because, like, Cincinnati isn't where they're at without Joe Burrow. And, you know, right now, San Francisco's not where they're at without the play of Brock Purdy, rookie or no rookie. They're not where they're at without him right now. So that position is so important. And Dak does everything right, leadership and work ethic. All those are all wins all the way around. But it's about production in the postseason. And we saw what Joe Burrow did on the road in Buffalo. We saw what he did in Kansas City last year. Like he, like there's not a, there's not a bunch of them. There's a handful of those guys. And you say, okay, can we get one of those guys? Because if you can upgrade a position, you upgrade a position. But nobody really knows that position until they get out there and they play in these kind of games. You obviously know line play very, very well. Cowboys asked their rookie Tyler Smith to do a lot this year, moving from guard to tackle, back to guard, back to tackle. Did they find another gem there in the first round moving forward? Yep. Yep, they did. He's a good player. And, you know, I talked to guys. I remember I talked to Steve Hutchinson, the all, uh, the Hall of Fame guard of the Vikings in Seattle in the offseason about him. And he had him – and he, he does – uh, all kinds of draft work for Seattle in the organization. And he had Tyler. They drafted Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. But he had Tyler Smith as the number one ranked left tackle or left t- or tackle, period. And I said, why? And he said, because he's the nastiest tackle in the draft. And that's what I saw. I saw a guy that's just got a lot of nasty in him, got a lot of ability to move big bodies. Uh, he's a very, very powerful kid. Um, I think they found gold in Tyler Smith. Now, nobody wants to commit the penalties that he committed. Sure. And he had a few of those, probably too many. Uh, but I thought he was a really good player. And I think whether they play him at guard or play him at tackle, I think they got themselves a Pro Bowl player in his ability. And this might be an unfair question here, Baldy, but as somebody who studies the film, I don't know if you noticed, you know, maybe maybe a regression, but do you think maybe we saw Tyron Smith's last game in the NFL? I don't think so. I mean, Nick Bosa couldn't beat him. I mean, he got his grips. You know, nobody has, you know, grips like Tyron. He's the strongest hands ever. He got his hands on Nick Bosey, couldn't get off him. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think Tyron can still play. Now, I know he's got an injury history and all that, and that does accumulate over time. But I, I thought he played really well on Sunday. And throughout, you know, I, I thought he got better. Uh, initially, I thought there was going to be a little trouble going to the right side. Um, but I thought he settled in real well. And, you know, Terrence Steele was a really solid player um, before the injury. But I thought Tyron – as the games went on and he kind of got locked in, that I thought he looked really good on the right side, and I think he could still play. What's the Super Bowl matchup going to be? Well, I don't know how anybody could go against Cincinnati right now. And um, San Francisco's got a 12-game win streak, but I live in Philadelphia, and if I said San Francisco's going to win, i got to go back into Philly. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be let back into the city. So um, the Eagles are better in the trenches than the 49ers. And I just believe that that's where you win these games. So uh, knowing Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson, some of the guys like I do, I, I think Philadelphia will take care of business. I think Philadelphia and Cincinnati is going to be the matchup. Baldy, who is the better defense between Philly and San Francisco? Uh, I think Philadelphia has a better defensive line. I think the 49ers have a much better linebacking core. 
and rely on Trey Greenlaw and Fred Warner and um, Al Shaheer way better than Philadelphia. And I think the secondary, as far as just matching up and playing the ball in the air, I think nobody's better than Philadelphia. Uh, were you offended at the Pizza Hut order of Nick Sirianni? And then he doubled down. Uh, he said that he went Little Caesars hmm. to watch Cowboys and Niners. You know, one thing I like about Nick is <laughs> Nick's not afraid to put anything out there. And I don't know of any coach, head coach, in any sport that's having more fun than Nick. Hmm. And it rubs off on the players. So if Nick wants, you know, Little Caesars pizza, you know, versus, I don't know, Pizza Hut versus – the local pizzeria on Oregon and Pashyunk, like more power to Nick. Go do it. <laughs> would you be willing during the Super Bowl if we bump into each other? Could, would you be willing to put your hand on my face, palm my face like a basketball with your messed up pinky fingers so we could take a picture? Yeah, if, if you want that photo op, I'll provide that photo op. Hell yeah, baby. I'll <laughs> see you at the media, media party. Just be prepared for you know, the, how fast that thing goes viral. All right? Just be prepared for the feedback. Perfect. <laughs> I'm ready, baby. Thanks, Baldy. Appreciate you as always. Yep. Yep. Enjoy My your time in L.A. That was Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Insider calls brought to you by Driveway.com. Head to Driveway.com. Shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in Driveway's nationwide inventory. Tyron Smith can still play. Do you agree... And if the medical staff would give you a thumbs up, he's not that old. Could you let Steele go? That's a chance to save $10, 12000000 million against the cap right there. If you think Tyron's got a couple of years left, sound like Baldy still did. That's an interesting question. He, he, he compared the Dak situation to Kirk Cousins and Donovan McNabb. You know, just every, every level that you go to requires a higher competency at quarterback in order to execute and get the win there. Or you have a team that can help carry the quarterback through that. Uh, you know, I, I thought he, he was really dishing out some wisdom there in that we always appreciate Baldy joining us. Now, Woolchuck's top 10 at 420 is coming up next. Where are we going with that, sir? Brady lashes out at this question in the top 10 things that taste good with peanut butter on National Peanut Butter. Day next on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella. The Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. It is the G-Back Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Time now for Zach Wolchuk's Top 10 420. Segment's brought to you by Soda. It's state of the art. It's brought to you by Window Nation and the Frankels. If you think there will be less big company trucks on the road because of gas prices, think again. And those big trucks have insurance companies to protect them. So get the representation that won't settle for less. It's the Frankels at truckwreck.com. Here's the bully. Thank you very much, General. Do you want to give a 40th birthday shout-out to Tolo Chris? Happy birthday, Chris. See money from Cleburne. Absolutely. Oh, Uh, Cleburne, I love you. Yeah, it's a great place. They always retire there. Go Yellow Jackets, right? 
Isn't it the Yellow Jackets over there? I got to look up the Cleburne mascot. I think it's the Yellow Jackets. Might be. I feel good about that. Might be. I think it's Forney. Forney is the Yellow Jackets. I know Ooh. that for sure. And I don't trust Could be multiples. Them. But well, there's a lot of Yellow Jackets know, is out there. Is there enough room for two Great. Yellow Jackets? So they are the Yellow Jackets in Cleburne as well. Oh! <laughs> Let's go. Nailed it. Also, do want to uh, inform you, Thursday night, we got Rangers Hot Stove cooking with the Get Right from 7 to 8. But we're going to have it downstairs here, 41. Oh, in our backyard. 31 North Central Expressway. Yes, right here. Uh, downstairs, the performance showroom. So you can come to right here, the Odyssey Studios, and uh, we're going to have Brock Burt, Taylor Hearn. You can party with the Get Right. So that'll be Thursday night from 7 to 8. Taylor Hearn, you can ask him like rodeo questions. And ask him whatever you want. Taylor Hearn's awesome. So he he has he, he raises bulls, those uh, bucking bulls. He sure and does. Stuff like the rodeo bulls. Yeah. yeah. And rumor has it, our boss, Gavin Spittle, a.k.a. Spitzy, is going to be around, and he'll give you a little station tour if you're interested in that, oh, too. Oh, wow. Be a nice little intimate setting. Ooh. Come on, say I wonder, what's up. I wonder which part-timer is going to be crashed out on the couch up here during that particular <laughs> My tour. My guess, probably Ruben. I was going to go Medford there. But so I, was I. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, it, like uh, after the game on Sunday night, it uh, our guy... Uh, Peyton. Peyton. Yeah, was, oh, because he, he had to do the Cowboy he, game yeah, he and was, then I, produce Sean and RJ. Exactly. I walked out of here. Bobby. Yeah, I walked out of here at midnight and he was putting stuff together. I'm like, Bro, you going home? He goes, no, I'm just going to crash on the I'm couch. Get, yeah, he did. Yeah. I felt bad for him. Whenever you see a blanket, uh, you know Peyton arrived. He never sleeps without a blanket, that guy. No, he's, My he bad. Forney is the Jack Rabbits. Jack Rabbit. I conflated yellow jackets with Jack Rabbits. Mm. Jack Rabbit is that's a my pretty, bad. That's a badass. Wow. It was the, it was the, the ultimate backfire. Yeah, it really did, bro. Forney's <laughs> really coming jacked after it up. you now, bro. <laughs> he did jack that one. The Forney Jack Rabbit. My bad, Forney. Jack hole. Let's go. Jack A for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, here before we slide into the top ten, what's your favorite food to pair with peanut butter on National Peanut Butter Day? Tom Brady was on his podcast with Jim Jack Gray, a. and it's the Let's Go podcast. So, Gray asks him about retirement, right? Everybody wants to know about this. Jim's just doing his job. Here's Brady's response. Uh, let me know if you think he's annoyed. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's I only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. <laughs> I appreciate your asking. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> How dismissive was that there? I do wonder if that was uh, pre-planned, but Brady didn't hear the question. I didn't, I'm not asking for an answer now. I'm asking for a timetable. When will you have the answer? I'm, I'm admitting and acknowledging with the question that I know you don't know it now. The question was, do you have a timetable for it? I think Jim did a great job. Well, all right. The next question is, was Larry Fitzgerald on the program with him that night? <laughs> did Larry do what we would all do in that case? Like, throw up our hands like, I got no more questions. I'm out. I'm thanks, out. thanks for the like, time, Tom. Did, did, like, on that Zoom. Let me get my bag Tom of popcorn. Time, on that, on that, Tom wins. On, luck, on Tom. that Zoom, do you think Larry just threw the hands up like, Jim, you got it. I think, Whoa, he, I think Larry would have been laughing. Jim. I think you could hear Jim laughing. I mean, they've been doing this interview yeah. every Monday night. Yeah, they're boys. For a long time. Um, so I, I do think, um, Tom's trying to be funny, but he's, he's not that funny. No, he's uh, not. you know, so it might've come off sounding a little bit awkward, but I, I think you could tell there was no tension. There was no, no. tension on the set. Like Jim knew what Tom was doing and he kind of liked it. Yeah. Because Jim is ready for the fight, isn't he? When he's yeah. had guys like in, in 
fighting like in rings and they want to take the mic and he's like, no, this is mine. Like, I don't care who yeah, you Brady, are. I know you Brady can trust me. It. Yeah. Uh, like if Jim was actually like perturbed, he would have punched back a little bit verbally. Yeah. I no. And, so. and Jim. Yeah. Jim's got the skins Jim's on the wall. Jim's got some shystiness to him. Yeah. No, no they question. They call him Jim's shysty. They call him Jim shysty, much like <laughs> Joe. <laughs> we also have uh, Joe shysty from one Hall of Famer to another Hall of Fame quarterback. Rogers, Peter King, his football morning in Pumpkin America Head. blog. Yeah, Pumpkinhead, Peter King. He is talking about the possibility of Rogers, and these possibilities are getting delicious, right? It's Peter King. Maybe Rogers to the Jets, and it could be reteaming him with his ex Packer aide, Nathaniel Hackett, who's interviewed with the Jets for their offensive coordinator job. Or what about Rogers to the Patriots, which is seeming to be way more viable because. Seems like Belichick might be a little bit out on Mac Jones right now. So Rogers, but they just they just hired though the butt chin of Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, who was with him in Alabama, right? They did, but I don't think that that would mean hey, we're not going to go ahead and get Aaron Rodgers if that is possible. But King also does note that, of course, as we've heard, the Raiders, but also the other one NFC team that he is throwing out there, the Seahawks could be in contention for one Aaron Rodgers. I think it was Schefter that said the the Packers uh, are open to trading him, but the AFC is where they want to send him. Right. So, so the N- if you're an NFC team, like you're the Commanders, like you're probably not gonna probably not gonna land them. Yeah, and it's gonna be a minimum of two first round picks. Uh, if you want, well, that's got the, the Jets written all over it. Of yeah, you're right, Rodgers. Uh, the Bengals are also now favored in this road matchup against the Chiefs. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites, according to Caesars Sportsbook. So you've got a Mahomes home playoff dog right now. Mahomes is not going out like that. Ankle injury. No, it, it doesn't matter. You know, okay, so he can't run a little bit. He and Andy Reid are going to get this figured out. Mm, you like that bet? Is it Three juicy? in a row. Oh, it's so juicy. Vegas is asking for it. Yeah. Dude, right? I think it's up to two-and-a-half now. Uh-oh. Let me, get it. Let me get on the phone here to my... Uh, mortgage guy. Paul Basic, he's our bookie. Got to take out a <laughs> second lean here. Yeah, One, yeah. I mean, that's that's great value at home. It's Burrowhead. You though, could bro. still lose. <laughs> you could lose and win this bet. Sure. I mean, the the ankle is tough, but you know, Patrick Mahomes is tougher. And, he's a tougher. Okay. And 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 here, I mean, they have things for this. Couple Ice, of Coors Lights, wraps, hydrocodone, New yellow the T train, the pain shots they do. Yeah, we'll tour it all. Get you right. <laughs> That'll get you going. That you know the the NFL is well versed in, in how to take an injured important player and get him ready for the biggest game of his life. Finally, country music star Chris Stapleton will hit next month's Super Bowl stage to sing the national anthem, and R&B legend Babyface will perform "America the Beautiful." So cool. we have that to look forward to. Dude, of course, Rihanna's going to do halftime, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Me too, man. Rihanna has uh, an endless amount of fire bangers. Like she could do, she could do. They could double double up the halftime show. She can just rattle off, just hit after hit. Yeah, man, the stuff that she's been posting lately. Whew, my gosh, uh, <laughs> baby girl, <laughs> the I'll Fenty. Let you boy. Are you gonna? Are you getting some Fenty party. undies? Like, I don't. I don't even know, man. That's her. That's her. That's the, that's I'll, what she's I'll been buy whatever she's there. selling. All those photos that you're enjoying. Yeah. It's, it's her business. Okay? She, she looks way better than I do in there. Nine oh three. Who at the station used to work at Chick Fil A? That was me and and, and Pedro. It's uh, and Pedro. Fair. Yes, Ruben. You. Uh, it's absolutely worth it. Uh, it's a good company to work for. All right. Let's slide into the top ten. Ten things that taste good with peanut butter on National Peanut Butter Day. We head into the Pimp Cup. Lucius Alexander. What happens to be your favorite pairing with uh, the peanut butter? Celery. 
celery or a protein shake. Throw there some peanut go. butter in there. Pretty popular. Uh, He's right about the protein shake. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. Saw that. Very popular on a lot of uh, a lot of lists. We got uh, the peanut butter on a burger from the two one. That was really interesting. I got to try that. Yes. On a bacon cheeseburger, a little. So you say hold the mustard. Let's bust out a little. Are we going creamy or are we going crunchy on that? I, it's it's interesting because actually uh, when I was over at uh, Derek Holland's before wow. I came over to watch, <laughs> pick the, up that name you just okay, dropped. Well, there. he's gonna he's a friend of ours at the station. He's on with the KNC Masterpiece every Wednesday. He'll be on tomorrow. Brought us? Did you, were you over there hanging out? We no, were man. over there too oh, after Dawson for the you? game. No, uh, but no, Brian, when I came over to watch the game with you afterwards. His chef was telling me about these peanut butter burgers that he he used to make. Yeah. So this is a thing. I'd love to try this. It sounds absolutely delicious. You also have somebody texting that some some warmed up uh, crunchy peanut butter over the top of some vanilla ice cream will set it off. Oh my! That sounds divine. Gosh, bro. Yeah. Apples, yeah. chocolate, PB and J, all of those, yeah. and we have some waffles. Uh, They're getting some yeah. love. See, I I used to do the pancakes. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. With the syrup, obviously. And butter. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. Okay, no. and Dutch is listening because he's a loyal Tolo, and he said everyone is invited. You guys <laughs> yes. do not need to feel left out. <laughs> and we love you, Derek. It, it was seeing Shaquille O'Neal's actual sneaker uh, on the shelf of uh, his memorabilia room by the way, was one of the most jaw-dropping experiences We're going to be moving in very, very soon, Eric. Don't you worry. I think the distance from my knee to my ankle is the same size of a Shaquille O'Neal sneaker. And, yeah, all of his Batman stuff really just blew my mind. I loved it. Okay, number 10 is the saltines. Some saltines and peanut butter. It's a good snack. Yeah, Dries the mouth a bit, but it's delicious. Number yeah. 9, we've got the Eggo waffles. Okay. Yeah, bro. All right. Mm. I'm, I was an Eggo kid. I know, like, I got, I had a ton of respect for the cereals, but it was like Eggos in the morning. That was, that and was I, my jam. I would do like a jelly or a jam, Me speaking too. of jams, yeah. but I never thought to do peanut butter on the Eggo. I'm going to have well, to try that out tomorrow. Bro, you go, I mean, have you guys ever done the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but instead of bread, it's Eggos? No. Yes, I have. I know you have, because you're a legend. <laughs> and you're a mixer. You try things. I'll never forget about the ramen noodles Dr. Pepper concoction. Uh, that was one time. I was like six years old. 16, six, whatever. Shut up, man. Uh, number eight is pancakes. Yeah, bro. Peanut butter pancakes. I've also done that, where you take the mini pancakes and you put the peanut butter in between. Oh, you, you, oh wow. Okay, oh, yeah, so the bro. pancake is now the bread of the peanut butter and jelly yeah, sandwich. Yeah, I've done that. That's strong. Number seven is jelly and bread. PB and J. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number six, sliced banana. So much banana peanut butter conversation mm. going down on the truckwreck.com fan text right now. Could even and put that true. on a bagel. Is yeah, that the Elvis? Yeah. I think that I think yeah. they're deeming it the Elvis. It yeah. Is. Maybe it's the Elvis. Little honey on yeah. there. A little honey oh, action. A little honey. Now we're talking. Yeah, let's go. Number five is pretzels. Yep. Are oh. those like pretzels that are stuffed with the peanut butter? Yes, dude. Brother. Oh yeah. my those gosh. Nice. Those are fire. Number four is the orange crackers. And those things are the best. Orange crackers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so those things that are like they're a vending in, machine. They're in a vending machine. Yeah, no, the note is Lance. Square Lance, orange crackers. Lance crackers. Oh, yes. Lance, yeah. Yes. Lance. Yes, those are awesome. Amazing. Number three is apples. Yeah, yeah I dude. like that better than bananas. Yeah, me, me too. too. Number two, shout out to you, Lucius. I was surprised it's this high, but it's celery. Yeah, a lot of people want to get the healthy, get the protein. Celery and, and, yeah. the, and the peanut butter. But number one, the best thing that tastes good with peanut butter is indeed chocolate. Chocolate! Mm-hmm. 
No doubt about it. Thank you, Walt Chuck. Top 10 at 420 every afternoon here on The Fan. Now, coming up next, we're going to slide out just a little bit early because Chiafalo has a Mavs trade deadline primer and the most important thing to decide on before the NBA trade deadline gets here as far as what you want to see the Mavs do. Keep them or old yeller them. Cowboys edition's coming up at 5 o'clock. Welcome back, Nation. Coming up at 5 o'clock at G-Bag Staple. We will decide to keep them or old yeller them. Taking a look at the Cowboys free agents and big roster decisions. Coaching decisions as well, Brian. Did we get approval for the sound effects, Lucius, on that one? <clears throat> the old yellow sound effects? I don't know if we got approval. I think we're just going to have to just risk gonna, it. Just do it? Risk it for the biscuit. Ask forgiveness later. Here's Eric Chiafalo <laughs> with a map segment. So uh, you have the NBA trade deadline approaching, and I believe it'll be when we're in. Did I just channel my uh, my inner Kevin Hagelin right there? Yeah, it just I'm made not me mad think, about it. Just made me think of Hagee. Uh, it'll be when we're on Radio Row, I believe. Uh, yeah, for February Super Bowl 9th. week, we'll get a little trade deadline action, and a lot of people are expecting the Mavericks to be active one way or another, but the they're in a bit of a conundrum, and Tim Cato of The Athletic really spelled that out for us, and... I like the way he closes it down in the article, and we'll get into some of the stuff that he uh, you know, specifically talked about. But basically, he says, like, look, there's an infinite uh, combination of players and trade structures that the Mavericks could um, and have already considered. Uh, and we'll continue to talk about that. But the need for change might be obvious to anyone, uh, but the actual decisions that this team must make are complicated by the present-future conundrum. Because you have the report of Tim McMahon last week or whatever, and he throws in, yeah, Lucas, you know, kind of putting a little pressure on them, uh, th- them being the Mavs front office to to help make this team better because he's probably frustrated. He's playing the best he's ever played, and they're not winning the best they've ever won. And so it's like, okay, so you feel this pressure to win right now, but at the same time, how much is that going to cost you for your future and the moves that you can make right now? Are they really moves that – for sure could make you better right now, but is it better enough to get you past the Western Conference Finals or even to the Western Conference Finals? And then you're sacrificing assets in, you know, future years. And so you're in this conundrum of, okay, we want to be better right now, but is it better off to actually just lean into ridding ourselves of some of these things that we have bad contracts in order to capitalize on things that we can do a year or two from now? And how much is it going to hurt you if you're trying to get better in the present? Uh, how much is that going to hurt you in the future? And are you getting better enough in the present to make that worth it? Yeah, you can make an incremental improvement now, but it might hurt your chances of making a huge improvement. So I think it's really tricky because of the dynamic you just described, Eric. I'm lowering my expectations significantly for the trade deadline because I think the only thing they're going to be able to pull is like, do you want one of our players that aren't part of our long-term future for somebody that might help us a little bit? And maybe that could be like Bullock for Cam Reddish or Tim Hardaway Jr. for Karis LeVert. Not putting you over the top. Maybe if things come together chemistry-wise, you're a little bit better. Or maybe you're worse. Yeah. Like, t- Tim Cato spells it out where, yeah, maybe you just go the one-for-one one Hardaway Jr. for Levert because then you rid yourself of Tim Hardaway Jr. and his contract over the next couple of years for an expiring deal in Karis Levert, and he makes the argument that you're probably worse off right now in doing that w- in terms of your team right now with Tim Hardaway Jr., like Cato's like, yo, you need Tim Hardaway Jr. on this team. When he's hitting the three ball, you're a much different team. You actually win games. 
uh, when he's obviously not hitting the three ball, you're in a world of trouble. But getting Karis LeVert for THJ probably hurts you a little bit more for this particular season. But how much does that help you moving forward that you don't have the Hardaway Jr. contract here? And it's like, yeah, okay, I'd be willing to do that. I think the cool thing is they can be patient. And I think the reason they can be patient is that Luca, while he would like something, isn't putting a ton of pressure on you. Like, I don't think Tim writes this story if Luca's like, make us better now. Right. That's, right. That's because fair. then then you're t- then you're backed into a corner. See, it's it's tough because I think any even type of small move that makes you better can be a massive impact. Like even last year, you get a Spencer Dinwiddie, who was a big help for you. Like, is Spencer Dinwiddie a huge move? No, it's not. But that was an impact player for you. And because you have a guy like Luka, who is a top five, in my opinion, top three player in the NBA, you've got a chance to make a run. Whenever you have a player like that that is borderline the best player in the league, all you need is maybe a piece here or there. And you've got a chance to get hot and go make a run. I mean, the West is not a juggernaut like it's been in years past. Yeah. So, I mean, it's you. I think you've always got to play for the now. To, to think about the what if in the future, it's great if the Mavs do that to where they have more wiggle room. I'm totally cool with that too. But how many times have we seen that to where they're, they're working about let's open up cap space and it's just swing and misses in free agency or, or whatever the path might be? So you, you could trade your you know your your first rounder that you have the first one you're eligible to trade the 2025 first rounder uh, and you could do that and you could go get like a Bojan Bogdanovic out of Detroit solid player gonna make you better right now he's 33 years old so uh, you know that's something that you could consider in the short term it makes you better does it make you a title contender I don't know but I certainly get the argument that hey you got Luca so. This time last year, you didn't think you were a title contender, and you ended up being one. So I totally understand that, and that's a tough spot to be in. And I don't know exactly how much pressure Luca's putting on them, but there's always that pressure, even if he's not, and the idea of we can't just punt on a season when we have one of these top three players, and he's playing at the height of his powers. And last year, we were in the Western Conference Finals when we didn't think we could be. So to ever rule out that we could do something special is probably foolish, but it's it's a tough call. It is. It's a really, really tough call here for Nico and company. It gets complicated because you, you want to save up all your draft picks and trade them for a star. And that's what teams trading stars want now is all of your future picks that you can give, and the way the collective bargaining is structured, they've made it very difficult. You can't just give an unlimited amount of picks. They have to be in alternating years, and you already have one due to the Knicks coming up this offseason. So you're not in a position where you can do that now. You need to let that pick go, and now you're in the game. Mm-hmm. Now, so you have to get through at the end of June when the draft is, and now you become eligible to make that bigger trade. And I, I definitely understand how, the, because the Mavs talk to agents all the time and they know who's going to be available, even though it's not in the news and it's not in the speculation right now. Um, and, you know, you, you, you could get a Bogdanovich or you could go get a big and make yourself a little bit better. You're still hoping, right? And you're still probably not going to beat either of the like three best teams in the East. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at that because I was thinking, I was thinking five. I was thinking there are five teams in the East you can't beat. I don't think you can beat Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, or Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and so now you have to determine what do you have to do to potentially put yourself in a better position in the West? Because, you know, to me, I was thinking, are there games before the trade deadline that will let you know 
what you are as a team. I know you've got games coming up with the Suns. They're behind you. The Jazz are behind you. The Pelicans are ahead of you. So, you know, you, you kind of you, – sometimes you could you know what your team is after you play all the all the top teams. You're kind of like, man, we just don't match up well. Or, hey, maybe we are a, a piece away. And then it'll make you think about making that trade or that deal that you can, you know, maybe help your team a little bit better. I, I personally feel like what you guys are all saying to me is I don't make any moves. I just let it ride. Just let it ride, see what happens. And then, you know, once you get past that pick of giving it to the, the Knicks and all that, then you're better suited to – I think this is more about next year than it is right now. And it's to me, it's hard to say right now how good they are because they're missing their most versatile big man defender, shot blocker in Kleba, you know? Like 817, Kidd will lose this team if he keeps going small. Dorian Finney-Smith was the center. He didn't have good options at center even when Kleba yeah. was healthy. And now that you take him out of the rotation, it's pretty miserable. You know, um, you got a lot of work to do on this on this basketball team. But point taken that the league is down. And if if you think it's your opportunity and you go for it, you could find yourself in the finals. That would be an incredible ride to go on. And I wouldn't be mad at that either. Well, at least two teams in the West feel that way. Mark Stein uh, letting us know that the Suns are trying to get some level of CP3 replacement. Chris Paul, I believe, has only played like 20 something games this year. They want to get a a Rozier, Terry Rozier or uh, Emmanuel quickly, Fred Van Vliet are some guys that they're looking at maybe making a move for because obviously they feel like they're ready to do something. They've had some injuries with Paul and, and Booker this year. And then the Clippers, same thing. They're they're ready to improve off of Reggie Jackson. Their window is certainly closing. Leonard, George, what do you do? They're looking at a Van Vliet or a Kyle Lowry. Uh, so you do have some teams. It's not, it's not going to look the exact same. Some of these teams are probably going to get involved and, and the teams at the top of the West will be making some 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 trades here i mean van vliet's nice you know uh and if if you go for him but you you miss the opportunity to get like a perennial all-star or a hall of fame candidate coming up in the summer i think it's worth being patient now the time to be patient is quickly coming to an end but i think we're still in that patient window okay this thursday night we're we at the fan are hosting our rangers hot stove seven to eight in the showroom with jared sandler and the get right it's completely free and you get to hang with rangers pitchers and fan bowl is coming back february 4th at revolver brewing at Texas Live. And we're back with the the fourth hour of the show with some Cowboys keep them or old yellow room next on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.